0: And welcome to our podcast, Good Deeds Real Estate with a Mission. I'm Diane Davidson from the Fine Homes Group, and I'm here with Bill Weidecker, my partner. Hi, Bill. Uh,
1: good day to you, uh, good day to you Bill. here in advance of the incoming weather that we've got. Yes. My
0: father, if he was still alive, would be driving to the supermarket for more milk and more bread. Well, because of
1: last week and uh, the storm, and this week in the storm, we're going to be eating French okay. toast bread and milk, yeah. <laughs> bread, milk, and eggs make really great French toast, they do what are we uh, talking right. about today? I think um multiple offers is the yep. conversation,
0: yep, I think just in general, um you know, I hear a lot of other agents um say things like, "Well, and we need to see which offer my seller selects, and um you and I have talked about this, and just the level of sort of analysis and counseling that we do throughout the, the offer process with our sellers. certainly have our systems in place to evaluate offers and, um, and, and give our sellers the best advice. And going okay. share that.
1: So you, because we've talked, you know my thoughts about it, and I've always said to others, the standard purchase agreement in the state of New Hampshire um, is a fill-in-the-blank form and the, the realtors representing buyers, or the real estate agents representing buyers, fill in those blanks. And there's 102 or 103 blanks in that contract. And only two of them represent price. Mm-hmm. And so all of the other blanks are there to either add value or detract value to, this, to the potential seller, if mm-hmm. we're talking about sellers today. And so just imagine if you were a seller, and I said... Here's the offer but I just want to cover everything else except for the price. You want it? <laughs> um you wouldn't you probably wouldn't you'd want to go oh, tell me more. And so I think that's what we're hired for is is not like here they are you tell me which one you want to pick. Right. It's a it's a it's a fool's errand I believe if you don't engage the advice and counsel of your realtor to say based on these here's what i think we should do because we know now multiple offers isn't is it 2 or 3 it can be 15 or 20 or more, no more. yep and uh, you know managing through that process is one that our expertise is going to help with because Correct. you might be able to take out full contingencies or get get buyers to um raise their price raise their terms Um, be flexible on their time. There's a lot, lots of things. Um, Your take. I guess I'm interested in your take.
0: Um, So, you know, we talk about uh, a common practice with multiple offers is that um, listing agents ask buyer's agents to have their clients submit their highest and best offer. And what we've learned, sort of figured out recently, is it's their highest and best under the circumstances, meaning given the facts they have, which is, which are, I am one of 17 other offers. I am one of more than 10 offers, or one of multiple offers. And so under those circumstances, I'm going to offer $350,000 and close in two weeks. Right? Now, if somebody had said to that buyer, you know, if you'll pay three fifty five and close in a week, it's yours. Whatever. Right? So, but no one's saying that. So the current the circumstances they find themselves in are that other people are bidding against them. If they are... so. I think a big mistake that agents can make when you're, re- when you're representing sellers is that when they say highest and best, that it is the highest and best that a buyer is willing to pay under this uh, uh, at all, sorry. But when the circumstances change and if a seller is to go back to a buyer and say, if your buyer, or to their agent, and, and say, if your buyer can close a week sooner and they're willing to let us run back and they'll pay $7,000 more, it's theirs. And oftentimes the buyer will say yes, because the circumstances have changed. They have been given a finite set of terms that if they choose to accept, the property is theirs. And so the highest and best, under the circumstances of competing with a bunch of other people, is often different than the highest and best when 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 the seller comes back to adjust Mm -hmm. them. So they weren't lying. They weren't being deceitful. They were doing what their agent asked them to do. But when the circumstances changed, so so did their offer. So mm-hmm. we've, you know, we've on behalf of our sellers, and we understand that we're working with buyers too, so we kind of play that pretend game. Pretend, buyer, that if the seller came back to you and says this, this, and this, would you do it? And our counsel to them is often, then let's put that on paper, because oftentimes you won't have the opportunity. But I do want to say one thing. In this market, you know, we were talking today about interest rates and how we thought, uh, we are watching to see how much it affects the market, because it usually does, right? Um, so with interest rates rising, um, when, we have a, when we're working with our seller clients and we get a pre-qualification letter or pre-approval letter for the buyer making an offer, if, that, if the amount in that letter is exactly what they're offering to pay, then we as listing agents need to make sure that they're qualified in case, real, in case the interest rates go up during the, the time that they're under contract. Right? And so those are the kinds of things that we, even before we sit down with our sellers, now, we always, we always send this, the, our offers to our sellers when we get them, because legally we're responsible to, sure. to send them off, as, you know, to present them as soon as humanly possible. But we, we, hold, we caution them that we'd rather they didn't get all, you know, get too involved in all the terms, we are going to review all of those with them. And usually if there are many, many offers, there are a few that rise to the top, but those are the people that we're going to have the first sort of second round with. But one of the things we're doing now to make because interest rates are you know may, may go up again, is making sure that a buyer still qualifies for that purchase price. At, at the rates, higher at, rate. Yep. So there's that kind of legwork we do in advance of meeting with the seller. Well
1: and let's keep in mind, now this is another if we're gonna talk at all about rates a little bit uh with our clients, with our seller clients especially, is everyone has sort of heard that the Fed is planning three or possibly four Rate increases in the discount rate um, over the course of the next year. What our clients don't realize is, is that rates have moved in the last year. Fixed mortgage rates are up about three quarters of a percent for the 15-year fixed and the 30-year fixed. So they've already risen and stand to raise potentially more. And so, from my perspective, I think all right. We are we are. We are in these sort of halcyon days of where the market is going up and up and up and up. And there's an opportunity, but we also know that as prices increase, if you add in the component of mortgage rate increases, affordability starts to come into question and qualification, mm-hmm. to your point, starts to fall into question right. too. Right. Um, so, you know, my, my feeling is, is that in this market, sellers and buyers should want the same thing. And that's if they arrive at all of the terms... They should close as quickly as they possibly can, because both stand to benefit, really
0: right. yep now interest rates I think a lot of people don't know this, but interest rates typically can only be locked in for sixty days from the time of application, right so that's something else to consider when when offers come in um, if if there's a longer closing time or if a buyer needs can't move for a, you know a, a period of time um, within the sixty days, then we also structure offers offers often whereby the, um, there's a closing within the 60 days and the seller has the ability to stay, which is perfectly fine with the bank up to 59 days beyond the closing. Yeah, and I think what
1: we'll probably see in this upcoming year is when, if, if the market becomes at all interest rate sensitive, you'll see those rate locks be able to be increased for a price. Always a price. Remember yeah. it's the, the back in the days when the rates were high and you were nervous about them going even higher, Mortgage companies and banks are in business to do business, yeah. and so they're going to say, What if we could get a 90 day lock and it mm-hmm. was 30 days more than the 60 and it would cost one point or two points or whatever it was up front? Would the would, could we get people to do it or a half a point, whatever it is? And we'll see that we'll see that kind of thing come up.
0: I'm thinking of the that awful word buy down, remember that? Mm. I got my license in 1979, by the way. Happy anniversary, 43 years. <laughs> um, and anyway. Anyway, um, when I got my license, uh, it was the first, that week was the first time in history that rates, in, in recordable history, recorded history, where rates went up over 10%, and then so on and so on. So it, was, it it crept up to 17 pretty quickly, and people were buying, when we say that now, it's like ancient history. When I say people, and when people, when buyers were, were, um, buyers were buying down the rate or asking sellers to pay points to buy down the rate, they can't even imagine. I mean, you'd be buying it down from, what, three to zero. No. Right. But when yeah. it was 17, buying it down to 14 made a huge difference in the affordability.
1: Well, and, you know, to put a bow on this this idea of multiple offers, all of these things come into question, mm-hmm. all of these potential terms. And so just getting 14 offers and saying, all right, that's the best price, Well, let's take that one, is really cause for alarm, I think. And so it really is as you want to have a, kind of an agent who's got a steady hand at the tiller to say, all right, wait a minute. Here's 17 offers. Here's 14 that we really can put a little less weight on unless something magical happens with them. But here's the four that bubble up and where do we want to go based on the, based on who's got the best price, based on who's got the best terms, based on who's got the best, you know, we'll name our first child after you, you know, whatever other terms there are. Protected um,
0: class, we can't do that. Well,
1: that actually was, a, <laughs> believe it or not, there was a... An offer in Canada where they said, if you take our offer, we will name our son or daughter after one of you. Okay.
0: Do they have the same rules around private class I have no do? idea.
1: So the point is, is you need a steady hand to say, well, let's sort through all of this. Somebody who's a little less excited, but a lot of interest in achieving for the seller client what they want. Mm-hmm. Right? But you, 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 uh, sellers are going to be excited. That's emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, agents do this all the time. That's right. that's profession. Yeah.
0: So th- I think that to put a bow on your bow, you know, this became about this discussion between Can the I two put of a us. Bow on Absolutely, on the that it'd you be put like a macrame plan, plan <laughs> hanger by the time I with it. Um, so it, it, I got nervous when I started hearing other agents say, you know, I don't when waiting to, to see which offer my seller selects. You know, without the proper amount of counsel and the proper amount of vetting that on the agents. Behalf, on the edge of the property. Yeah. So, they, so I, you know, I just want to make sure that people are in, in good hands and that they're, the agents that are listing properties on their behalf um, understand that whole process. It's it's really, it's it's important because it's what gets you to the finish line. It's, it, like you said, it's not just price, it's terms that help to bulletproof and help increase the probability of coming to a closing.
1: I had a broker years ago say to me, 80% of the transactions that fall apart never should have gone together in the first place mm-hmm. so yep. there's the bow on the bow
0: okay well that quadruple bowing thanks for being here today be sure to subscribe to us on youtube or follow us on your favorite podcast platform thank you bill
1: you're welcome good to see you all